With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everyone. Today on the show, we have Chris Dijon coming to us from Vermont. In this episode, we talk about some behind the scenes with A6O Media, his company A6O Studio, and moving fences all day at Corinthia. Uh, we also answer a bunch of listener questions at the end, so make sure to follow us on Instagram at 2PlankerPod to get in on that next time. And uh, yeah, that's all we have for housekeeping, so hope you enjoy the show. Let's start out with the easy question. Who are you and what do you do? All right, so my name's Chris Dijon. I'm from Southington, Connecticut, originally. Right now I'm living up in Westover, or Wardsboro, Vermont. And uh, basically, I'm a skier and filmmaker. Yeah. So where does like the ski, the ski and film journey come from? Were you watching these ski movies growing up, just getting super stoked on them? Or, or how did it all start for you? Yeah. So it all started when like me and my brother were super young. And we used to go see the Me Heads films. When we, like those dudes, like Jeff and Rooster. I used to see them like, it's funny that I actually like know them now. But like, I used to see them like premiere stuff and like geek out over it. And then like eventually my mom like bought me a little camera like a little flip out thing from like walgreens oh so sick and then we just filmed with that thing forever i broke the screen because like my brother hit me one time it was super dope and like yeah it was just like it snowballed from there yeah i've been making films ever since yeah so where were you guys riding when you were growing up yeah we grew up so we grew up in sullington we had the whole mountain mount sullington which is kind of funny because Lupe and all those dudes that we always grew up with who are like basically who we met later in life, they're at sundown and they're like rivals. So we only met like only skied with them at like rail jams, like the preseason, like Bob Shelley, like fatties, like those little rail jams. We would see them. But other than that, nothing. But yeah, ski sundown held it down. Like I grew up watching a lot of snowboard content like Buck 90 those dudes grew up there so like they would always set up the park and me and my brother would just ride and just like film a little stuff and post it it would be hilarious like looking back at it now it's just great <laughs> so was your crew mainly just you and your brother when you were when you were growing up yeah so we had a little crew it was like me my brother this kid mike which is mike Dijon, obviously uh mike dulac who's, who's still like he's out there still skiing some days like more but like doing other stuff uh joe Cernetti, who's more than navy we used to just always shred and then my good friend brian jones was like always behind the camera kind of just like snowboard kid but yeah it was like kind of like just small just like messing around there's obviously others but i'm forgetting them right now I've... yeah and so um i grew up watching like all the a6o stuff and i know there was like a distinct transition when it went from brett behind the camera to you behind the camera so i don't know if we're kind of jumping too far into the timeline but when did you guys kind of link up and when did you so, take the reins yeah so that was crazy so that was after high school so yeah we met randomly through a facebook group keen state like class of 2016 going there and i was like wow i have a one mutual friend with this kid lupe and I was like, oh, let's just like, I'm like, yeah, you need a roommate? He's like, yeah, like, I don't know really much. So like we linked and I was like, wait, you film that shit? He's like, no way. And like the funniest thing is I always had a joke. His name was Brett Coffin, obviously. So Brett, oh, like when I met him, he didn't originally start that whole 860 media thing. But like once I find, like got introduced to it, I always knew of it because I always had like, like I said, we were always like kind of not like rivals. It was like friendly things. And we'd see what they're doing. Like, damn. Like Duggar and those dudes are absolutely killing it. Him, Paul, like, and then like we would just try to make some stuff and like obviously like, whatever. Like, it probably wasn't up to par of them, but <laughs> yeah. So we like linked up to them, uh, and then I met Brett and I was like, "Yo, dude, it's roommates." We went to school, and then we started making films. Like he was like, "Oh, dude, like, I kind of want to stay like at school this weekend. Like, could you like film?" And then I filmed, and he was like, "Oh, dude, like, 
and then he started filming me more it was just like kind of like a hit a handoff then yeah it was dope yeah <laughs> so yeah what was it like um like being a film major up there what were what were you working on were you able were you ever able to like pass off ski projects for school work or were you having to do you know keep school in one little one little pile over here and then do skiing on the side yeah so they never like keen was super chill with that like they kind of care like they let me do kind of my like i was kind of free like they yeah. let me do a certain amount of stuff but they always made me like do like i had to do some nerd like sound stuff and some of the lame stuff but obviously like i respect that kind of made me better in the end but yeah because i wasn't just filming fisheye and like just chasing kids around the camera I actually like learned like composure and like how to actually make stuff sound good which is super rad but like a lot of the video like a lot of the projects i would just like definitely try to like tie in skiing so yeah. like most of my films were like about skiing i did like a sound project that was like i had to like use a black screen and like just like create sound and like make it feel like you're in an environment i'll say i did like a ski hill obviously like that's the thing like all my teachers like knew when they saw a project they're like oh, it's gonna be skiing and like always had like a little little i don't know they knew it it was just like a passion of mine so that's classic and what so when you were when you were going into college like film's kind of an un untraditional route so was like when you told your parents hey i want to go to i want to go to school and play with cameras what were they thinking about that so yeah they didn't really they knew i was going to do something creative they're like hey as long as you get to school like you gotta go just try something out I'm like all right we're in. and they yeah. always thought i would probably pursue something in like the creative field so they were super down with it, which is like super sick. And it like costed a lot because like film isn't cheap for like cameras. Like most kids like pay for like tuition sucks, but like I had to buy like, was it 14 rolls of like eight mil, which is like ridiculous and like develop it. And obviously like knowing rookie Chris back in college, some rolls came out like complete garbage, but like it happens. But yeah, it was super rad to like have them just be like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like, if you fail, you could try something else. So yeah, they always they always had my back. Even like at that point in life, like that's what we had. We had a Vermont house. So they bought like this Vermont house I'm currently sitting in is like their house that they just like let me crash at and all my homies. And we call it like, it's like the hub. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And so when you were going into school, were you thinking like was was like a future career your biggest concern or like I just want to study something I'm interested in? Like, and I'll make it work. Yeah. So that like, I always had the mindset, like in high school, like, cool. If I like, obviously think about now, I was like, damn, if I can make like $20,000 a year, I'll be set for life. And I was like, damn, now I'm thinking like, damn, I'm an idiot, but like $20,000, <laughs> nothing. But like, yeah, I always had a mindset like, yeah, if I could just make it work, like I'll make it work. I knew I wasn't, wasn't going to be like making the big bucks. If it happens, it happens. But like, yeah, like I'm going to work and do what I love and figure it out in the end. <laughs> yeah yeah so so when did you end up graduating from Keene? so i so I, actually no i yeah i graduated high school in 2012 graduated Keene in 2016 so it was like just a quick four years yeah four years in and out and i had a pretty relaxed schedule with me only living like i lived there monday tuesday wednesday like crammed classes in then just came over here like shot out like east an hour to vermont and just like lived in Mount Snow for like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, so after you get out of school, what do you do? Like, what, what's your move? You're like, I love filming. I got this A60 media thing going on. How are you, how are you making it sustainable? Yeah. So if, at first I was like, all right, I need to do something. So I like started just freelancing a bunch and like linking up. Like I still to this day, I shoot weddings and it's like one of those things people don't like, but it doesn't bother me. Like shooting weddings, it gets with, gets the bills paid it's kind of interesting yeah i don't I, most of the weddings i take to all friends so it's like pretty chill and like fun but i do that and i shoot actually i shoot polo events like horse polo in connecticut and do like a bunch of like stuff like random freelance stuff yeah that just like keeps me busy and then i applied to mount snow for their video position and actually didn't get it the first year so the one, the Rory Bruder, like one of the park crew guys and Rob Black hit me up. We're like, dude, you want to just come dig like at park crew? And like, you could probably shoot some videos on the side. Like, 
And I was like, yeah, dude, like, why not? We'll give that a try. So those dudes, like, hit, like, all the, those two and, like, Mur- like Sean Murphy, like, just, like, op- like brought me in. We're just like, dude, like, just come dig. And I just, like, that's how it, like, snowballed from there. Yeah. And so and so when was that, that all those guys were hitting you up and saying, hey, it didn't, like, you're, you didn't get your number one choice. Let's do your plan B. So that that was the fall. That was, like, a month or two before the mountain opened. That was in 20, oh, 2017. Okay. So I've been This is my fifth year working at Corinthia now. Uh-huh. And are so, you still are you still doing park crew mainly, and then filming on the side, or are you so in the video position? So now I kind of like I wear a bunch of different hats for the past few years. So like the past, I want to say two or three years, I've been doing the all like the Corinthia content mostly. Actually, most of the Instagram stuff. We also have like. Dylan Demers has been doing a bunch of content like the past few years. He's he was like one of the creators of the whole Corinthia scene, which is super dope. And like, duh, what is it? Devin Bernard was before me. So like when when I got turned down for job, the job, Devin Bernard was there, and he was there for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then me and Dylan split the videos for a year, and now I'm kind of just they don't want videos anymore, so. I'm kind of just doing like the Instagram stuff and just like keeping the trying to keep it alive. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I think it was when I was in high school, they were really going heavy on the C session stuff and like C, the C movie and just all that video content. So what ended up happening with all that is just lost interest in it or over the years, they just like kind of lost interest in more. Like, like I said, I, I hate it. Like I love Instagram. But at the same time, like all the Instagram videos, people realize like, well, these are getting like tens and thousands of views. No one really wants to sit and watch a long video anymore. So like it's times change and like it sucks. But trust me, every year I I propose like, yo, we we should do, you should bring these back. So I'm hoping one year they'll let me, they'll let me slide some C sessions back in, get some real hammers back going. Yeah. So when you're, when you're making these Instagram clips, are you just... Are you using your crew or are you just hanging out at like certain features throughout the day filming, you know, whoever, whoever is going through? So it depends, like, because I still obviously like make like a bunch of like me and my brother, like in a bunch of friends, like make 860 media content still. So like I'll split it like when I'm days off, I like do those. And like if I see someone like killing it in the park, I'll be like, yeah, let's take a lap mm-hmm. and like just film them for like a lap or two and then just make like a quick Instagram. So like kind of feeds both my like both pages because i i can't let 860 media die like yeah i just love it yeah and also like when i'm working like we'll dig in the morning and like we dig like midday and stuff like that but it's like pretty chill sometimes and like we have enough guys that they'll be like all right chris you could like just go kick it Mm -hmm. and luckily corinthia has like a pretty core amount of like kids here like they kill it so i can just go out and just like yeah just like be like, yo, I want to take some laps to any kid in the bank. Yeah, I'm down. Like, or just like shoot an Instagram message to someone because I have the account, the Corinthian account. So kids like will message me and be like, oh, dude, it's killer today. I'm like, cool, let's go take some laps. And like, and they're obviously hyped up and just, it's a sick community we got here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Corinthia is just like, oh my God, man. Growing up in Connecticut, especially, Corinthia is like Mecca. Like, if you want to go shred, and it's not that far away you know like the kids that are really throwing down at your mountain they're at corinthia on the weekend yeah it's it's dope it's super sick yeah it's just so it's so close to everything down south that's like yeah it really is like a little mecca yeah there's so many directions we could go but like just focusing on corinthia right now so what makes it so special like who's who's the person behind the scenes that's kind of like the the creative visionary for this because there's some amazing features up there and like the park has just been one of the best on the East coast forever. So just what's going on behind the scenes there. Oh, there's a whole generation. I was, I was late, late, late in the scene. So I would, I wouldn't even say I have it late. Like I'm just trying to keep it alive and just uh-huh. see what the boy, like what the men taught me, but the true visionaries are like, I have never even met him. This guy named day. who's a huge day. Uh, Kyle Megan. He left the year I worked. Elia Hamilton, all those dudes are like big groomers. And then like 
more like when I joined the scene, uh, I was working with this guy, this groomer Craig, who was a boss. Nikki, Benny McGinnis was our our head operator, and then the head diggers were Rob Black and Roy mm-hmm. Bruder, and those two dudes are like those dudes kept it true. Those are like the dudes that I thought like really kind of made Corinthia Corinthia because Rory was the welder forever. And uh, Rob was basically the guy who he was the, he was the muscle behind the scenes and he did uh, most of the, like all the prospector logs. Mm-hmm. So he would just like on his free time, like sometimes wouldn't even get paid for it. And he would just make those things and just make them sick. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's kind of like the, um, like what's a year look like for the terrain park crew? Cause I'm assuming a lot of the construction of features is going on in the off season. Unfortunately, I don't know too much because I'm never here because I'm doing freelance stuff. Usually so you're just summer. always running around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running. Like I don't even really work at the mountain at all. I'm like, I'm a seasonal guy. And so, um, so what's kind of the scope of your responsibilities then? So what are you doing to help this, help keep this crew going? So like when I showed up, I was just like literally a peasant to all these older guys. Like, yeah, and they just ran me into the ground. It was dope. And now, like, I'm a supervisor along with, like, Murphy, Sean Murphy, this dude, Crit. We call him Crit. His name's Nate Brown, but he's true. He's, like, a supervisor, too. And uh, Adam Tease is our assistant manager. And uh, this new guy, Nate Sheeman, is our new park manager. And he's, he's killing it, too, because he, like, he kind of got thrown to the wolves this year with all the COVID rules and stuff like that. And he's just handling it like a boss, but yeah. So what we do is like, basically we just go up now it's all fencing and stuff like that, but we go up there, dig the features in and just smooth everything, make sure it's safe. Like now this time of the year is kind of rough. Now we're getting a melt out. So uh-huh. there's a lot of digging smoothing during the day. And there's like, basically you dig in the features, make sure they don't melt out, start leaning too bad. We have, we've got some pretty interesting clientele. So you got to make sure stuff doesn't get too damaged. Like we had a rail get bent in half the other day because someone hit the front of it. And we're just like, what the, <laughs> I hope this, no, no scene, no one's dead. Okay. But I don't know how this guy happened, but yeah. Yeah. So are you going in there before the mountain opens or are you? Yeah. So we show up two hours before the mountain opens mm-hmm. and uh, we'll sled people up and uh, just kind of rake down the features and just like kind of, make sure everything's safe we put up like fence like i said like all the we've got new fencing this year so we just put up these fences and like make sure everything's like fenced off properly signed then we just rake basically we don't have too many guys so like all the guys kill it there's too many to name but like yeah so we just rake so you guys are basically just laborers do you just get out there grind it up shovel and rake shovel and rake shovel and rake yeah and then basically the yeah, we do. We clean up the work from the real men and the cats. And those dudes are like, the, now we've got uh, Nate Sheeman. Sheeman, he's uh, one of the cat drivers. But like, we got Zach Boyd, who absolutely kills it. Nikki Stevens, like, uh, uh, what is it? Brendan, he kills it. Brendan Bauer and uh, Mike Harris, like, all those dudes are just like stepped up like so much because like we lost a lot of people this year because Rob and Roy are now on the bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Damn. So we just, they just smooth the snow at night and just like, will tell us where, where more and more work needs to be done. We're just head out there and do it. Yeah. And so in your world, what's the stack ranking of your priorities? Cause you're working, you're working at Corinthia. You got a six O media, you got a six O studio. So when you're envisioning your future, what goal are you working toward with all these different things going on? Uh, that's, yeah, kind of confusing myself too in this situation. But yeah, uh, eventually, like, I know I'm going to be too beat up to like dig parks and stuff like that. But I want to work for video stuff full time, probably and just like take 860 Studio like more serious. But I always, that's the thing. It's going to be so hard for me to step away from a mountain with all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah eventually when I'm like merge it probably 860 media is like I'm always going to make like homie like but we're it's gonna eventually someone's gonna have to either pass the torch or it's gonna like probably come to a close once we get all too old but figure that out when it, that time comes but yeah I'll probably head it more into the video stuff once I get 
burnt out of skiing and like digging manual work more more like because i'll probably be skiing forever but yeah definitely and so when you're looking at a6o media you guys had like a long stretch of just putting out not even just edits like full-length ski movies so what was that chapter like for you guys when when did you really start getting into hey we're gonna get serious about the urban we're gonna get serious about putting out these longer these longer movies lupe that's the only word right there He's the master. We could, I'll say it to the end of it. This whole, like, if he, like, so many times, I could tell you, Lupe looked at me and was like, all right, we're going to hit these rails. And, like, we would hit rails, like, sun. I remember waking up early before the sun comes up, like, digging features in with Lupe or even setting up the night before. And he was just like, yo, like, do you see these videos? Like, we could do this. Like, we could make these videos. And yeah. that was all because, like, we would have a month off and, like, school i like linked up with brett like that's when i met loop like really got close with lupe and like we would come to like this house right here and like just bounce around we would shoot to burlington like that's the like we over those years like we would do a bunch of stuff i remember we like went on a he was like dude i got a sick opportunity like we're going to film like with ski the east like lj is gonna be there it's like we would go like film with them and like around manchester oh so sick like yeah so lupe like kind of like motivated me and was like dude like why can't we do this how Typical old were you guys lupe. at the time because a lot of kids riding at parks they're like they're stoked on the urban but they don't even know where to start and so how like just how old were you guys when you were finally like hey we can do this too oh geez i think i want to say like early freshman year in college mate no probably earlier than that i don't really know i was probably probably 16 as soon as we my or 15 as soon as my brother could drive and we could just yeah. be like yo let's go hit this rail and i didn't have to have my mom drop us off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah we were always into like just messing around and just like ski mountains busy like screw that like we'll go figure out something to do yeah and what was your guys' process for that? Like, what was the scouting process like? What was, and then once you finally decided on a rail, where did you go from there? Yeah. So luckily for us, we always had like a crew of like, we had like a lot of rails and like that crew, uh, Buck 90 would hit spots and like, we would kind of like look at what they were hitting and be like, oh, that's sick. But like never, like we can never hit what they were hitting at that point. So they're hitting big stuff and we're just like, oh geez, like we'll put that on the list for later. So like we would like eventually we would hit those rails and like it was it was crazy but like yeah we would in the summer like I still have people like looking at rails and just like texting me like yeah. Byron one of my close homies Byron Bay like no matter where he goes he'll send he'll send me around like yo and like send me a pin yeah <laughs> and be like yo if you hit this you gotta let me know which is so sick but like yeah yeah I have a bunch of people sending me a bunch of spots it's dope. Yeah, you guys have this list. And what's it like in your mind where you guys are all like, let's actually do this? Like it's yeah. it's almost like a military mission. You guys are okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. So so what's so, all that like? I don't know. So usually it starts with like, all right, are we gonna do this? Like we all look sit around like in the like living room and say, Yeah, we're like, whatever, screw it. So we like charge up all the cameras, whatever. And then yeah, we usually just have there's like three main things, shovels, salt water for hydration and lip if you need it and then like your skis obviously and your cameras and you're good to go yeah and just like yeah and we would just go out there shovel if we like cops show up just be like all right peace like we'll leave i think it'd be a hard time but yeah we just i don't even really know the mo- like we were just like yeah let's just like try it and it just like kind of like like we would hit like i don't even remember the first reel i hit to be honest but yeah, it was just like, we just went out there and we were just like, all right, let's see if this doesn't work, it won't work. But like, then it started working. We're like, okay, like we could do it. <laughs> yeah. And so when you guys show up, are you driving around the block, scouting it out, uh, looking for an in run? When you, when you first get to the scene, it's gotta be weird, especially yeah. because <laughs> you know, so, they change it all up. Yeah. So you, I, first thing I always do is like show up to a spot, like, like yet again, like Lupe was the first, but like always keep the skis hidden, just like chilled, like chill you always like scope it out just see what's going on and just like 
if you want, if someone's into it, you just set it up and see where, see where it goes from there. Other than that, like, as long as you, you could figure out like how to get enough speed, whether there's a snow bank or like your pole whipping or something, like you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you guys ever have any um, like massive run-ins with the cops when you guys were on these, on these sites? Cause it's definitely, it wouldn't be cheap getting a ticket for uh, like, messing up a rail or trespassing or something like that. Yeah. So when we were filming balance, we actually did. There okay. was a down flat down rail that was wooden. And uh, apparently a kid like two weeks before us went there and hit it and like couldn't stop in time and put his hand through the window, which is like, and we didn't know this so that he just got his like property repaired. And we just like went there and like hitting this rail and the cops showed up and we're like, oh, like no problem. Like we'll leave like show like while we were shoveling the stuff up, like the, the owner came up. He's like, no, you're paying for my rail. Like I'm pressing charges. And it was like, it was bad. It was bad. It was me, my brother, Alex Keimel. Uh, I think jo- like Brian Jones was there. And we were just like, all right, what are we going to do? And my, I think my brother walked in and was like, Yo, how much money do you want? Like cash. And we had to leave Keimel there as like a collateral to say that we we're going to come back. We had to run to an ATM and like do that. And like pay this dude 250 bucks for his handrail. That was bad. And then another time, I parked my car behind a school building and I got trespassing with a motor vehicle. Oh my God. Yeah. Just because I parked behind the school and like we were going to hit a slide. So they try to, there's a way to put some snow below, below a slide and they're going to try to get us for endangering like kids. And I was like, dude, like what? And they just, the cops was chill. So I can't complain too much, but yeah. It sucked. Have there ever been any spots that you've shown up to? And when you get there, you're like, this is too big to hit. Oh yeah. There's definitely been some spots we should pull up to. Like there's a dam around this area that like I pulled up to one time. We we're like, oh, we're going to drop it. And we sit up top. We're like, we all looked at each other. We're like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a 50 foot drop to like, and we built the land. Like we started building a landing and it was like a 45 degree wall for like 30, 40 feet. And then it was a straight down wall. And like you couldn't see the landing at all. And it was like way too big, pretty icy. We're like, yeah, nope. Yeah. And there's also like spots, like there's some rails I'll pull up to and be like, yeah, I'm all set on that. If it's like a gnarly, like close out or if like, it's a janky rail with like, I'm not into skate stoppers or hop rails. I have bad luck with hop rails. Yeah. This one, this one in Quebec got me good. <laughs> what happened with that i like it was like a closeout like triple hop it was me my brother and kirk scully we were just like hitting this thing and i fell off early and just like closed myself out oh i'm like and got it like right above the boots so i got both my shins bruised oh it was terrible but yeah hop yeah not a chris and hop rails not a fan yeah how do you keep yourself motivated when you're at these spots just beating the hell out of yourself because obviously you know ski movies aren't bringing in a ton of money and so what's going through your mind when you're at the spot you're like damn like is it worth it to break myself off for like a clip uh mostly just like the homies and just like have it like we're just like yeah it's the best like me mike rob newton ian ackerman like anyone out there just like having fun like just doing stuff like yeah. Jones will always like the film where always crack us up. He's a he's a goofy guy. But yeah, yeah it's just like that, and like just knowing like it'll all be worth it in the end. Uh-huh. That's what like we always like it's gonna be worth it. Like it sucks right now, yeah. And we always th- say that like we'll watch the movie and be like, damn, you remember that moment? Like, yeah, that sucked. But like it's so worth it watching it now. Where like you'll watch a clip and be like, while you're hiking or something, like, damn, I was sweating there, like was dying but like now it's like something i look back at and like enjoy which is great but people probably have the same thing about other videos too but just Mm -hmm. like my take on it no that's awesome man and um was there any movie in particular that you guys really poured your heart and soul into because obviously it's it's like fun stacking clips 
But was there anything you're like, I have like a very like set creative vision for this. I know what I want to do and let's go out and do it. Was there any point like that? I would say not me personally, besides like the, I really like took kind of like the, the last hood trip personally, because I lo- like hood is like my dream. So like meet again, the last video I made at hood, like I really love that one. But like, other than that, I would say one that like, we really try to like hone down the vision as a crew was the Lupe style files. Like back in the day, like that was like it, like that was like, we had all of us really, like, all right, we're hitting three spots a day, like for a month, like two weeks straight. Like I didn't, I remember there's like a month. I didn't even ski the mountain. Like I was like, I, we, we would stay like a mile and a half from Mount Snow Corinthian. We like drive past it every day and just like with car loaded, like, Lupe's winch and everything. It was bad. It was yeah. bad, but a great. Actually, I don't even know if we had the winch back then. We were banshee bungee times. Yeah. So for context for for all the people listening, so Style Files was an that's inspired, way was, back. Yeah, that was way back. And in, in the Lupe interview, he talks about like that's one like the first big things that happened to him coming out of school. And so that was a a series with Inspired Media. And oh, so yeah. so what are some of the behind the scenes with that project that you guys were doing? Yeah. So it was like, it was crazy for, if you listen to the Lupe interview, like, you know how crazy he, he was about it. And it was like nuts because he was chilling with T hall. So I was just geeking out in college back East, just freaking out how he's chilling with T hall. And then like, he was just like, yo, Iberg might be giving you the guys a call. And I was like, wait, what? Like inspired Iberg. He's like, yeah. Like, you and Brett, like you and like, we just, I, I gave him Brett's number and we we're like, wait, what? Like, suddenly like, Iberg called us. Like, yeah. Would you guys want to like make three videos for us? And we're like, uh, speechless. Yes. <laughs> so like, yeah. So we're like, and then once that happened, Lupe was like, dude. And we we're like, I, I was like, are you kidding me? Lupe? Like, what are you doing out there, man? I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. And then like, they were like, yo, like we have these videos. Like they gave us like three dates and we was like, yo, we're getting it done. And like, this is how we're doing it. And I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. Like, and then he would be like, all right, like, can we, how, Chris, like, how do you think we can make this like better? And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. And like, yeah, Brett made the intro, that little file page and thing. Like, and we just got like, yeah, it was, that was, that was crazy. That whole scenario. What was it like when you're putting those out? Like you're, you're seeing the inspired intro on a video that you were making. What were you thinking at the time? No, I still, yeah. The craziest thing still is when we got the Dropbox of the inspired media. I, I think yeah. me and Brett probably watched it a hundred times that night in the dorm room. We just sat there and just inspired, just watched it. It was so sick, but yeah, it was like, that's when we like, I realized like, damn, I could probably like, produce videos for like ski companies and like it kind of like led to me working with ski the east and like still working with corinthia which is like super rad to think about like it all is like a huge stepping stone for me obviously yeah and so what was your work like with ski the east well first question was it under meatheads at the time or was it was it ski the east yeah so i was after the whole meatheads thing unfortunately yeah but yeah <laughs> meatheads was pretty core cool. that was awesome yeah it was sick yeah but yeah so I was just basically brought on just as like a temporary filmer because they knew I was at Mount Snow for one year and I was like, they knew I had a house and I could stay like house myself and not have to like crash at their place. And I was like, yeah, like I could help you film. And me and it was, they originally invited Brett and like, yeah, this kid, Chris could tag along. And I tagged along. And then like, that's where I got like one of my first paychecks from like, filming i was just like super amped and like met all those dudes and then ever since then we've just been in contact like throughout the years like we went to like i went to manchester filmed like some stuff for neo back in the day and then like they'll hit like now i have like a bunch of other friends who like work there so like they'll be like oh let's like do a shoot amount so i'm like yeah hell yeah we can make this happen like it's yeah. that's sick so what's the combination like for when when your world at Corinthia and your world at Ski the East cross paths? 
like, hey, let's do a uh, when they're oh, like, hey, let's let's do a private shoot. Are you digging or are you are you filming? Oh, uh, it could be rough. So I'm usually doing a little bit of both. Usually, so if the shoot is on like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll work like Monday through Thursday and like build it with the with the groomers and like send the guys pictures at ski the east so it's like i'm kind of like i used to be in the cat with covid i can't be in the cat and like we're not doing the shoot this year obviously but yeah i used to just like sit passenger and just like tell them what's going on and like last year or like a few years ago for working title actually for four by nine uh i built one that was a little too big the 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 y the jump through the y they but yeah like those dudes like i would just be like digging and then it, like all week and then like usually come in in the morning help them set up their signs and stuff and then just film take the three days off that they're actually shooting like fil- just like film for them and like just add like an easy contact for with parker so i could like radio in anything so it was like super chill for me <laughs> yeah definitely so when you're building when you're building a feature like that especially like the non day-to-day stuff, like the special shoots, whose perspective are you thinking from? Are you thinking from like, oh, let's make sure this looks really good on camera. Are you worried about safety? Are you worried about, you know, how gnarly can you make it? What's kind of your priorities there? So I always think about, like, I always just try to go big first and all the groomers will tell you that, like, because I don't groom. So they'll tell you like, Chris, you can't make that. (laughs) You can't groom that. I'm just like, all right. So how can you groom that? And then like, that's where like their mastermind comes in. So like, yeah, basically like the process is like, want like figuring out how to build something. And then like, you have to also figure out how to maintain it. Cause you can't build something that you can't just like, if it's for a shoot though, it's fine. Cause it's like a one done thing. But so like, we'll just try to like build it the best we can. And then if it works, it works. Usually I'm the guinea pig, unfortunately, for most of the stuff, which yeah. is pretty gnarly sometimes. But and, the, and that was my other question too. Are you are you ever building stuff that's outside of your capabilities? Like are you ever building stuff that's so gnarly that you're like, even I can't hit this? So far no. Uh-huh. At, at Corinthia. Yeah, no, yeah, I haven't been scared in a few years now. But yeah, yeah there's like stuff that like they built like the crew went out to build super park a few years ago and i was like sat home and i was like damn they built some big stuff out there that i would not hit yeah (laughs) but yeah around these parts we have to keep it like we don't have to keep it mellow like we're building this year we're keeping it mellow but like in the past we're still building some big jumps and like pretty sketchy features but like yeah i'm not someone's got to hit it that's why i always say that's kind of a part we haven't touched on yet like you're for somebody that's behind the camera you're pretty well-rounded and being able to, you know, hang with all the guys in front of the camera too. You yeah. Because a lot of the time it's just the filmer's the kid that sucks. So he's like, all right, like, I guess I'll film because I don't want to do the shit that you guys are doing. But you're you're also in front of the camera. So, like, what was that like for you? So, yeah. So that's also how, like, I got more into, like, into 860 Media. Because Brett was like, dude, you need to ski more and stop filming. So that's how he, like, that's how I got like more skiing and like yeah but i always kind of just like had my camera and it was down to film i loved it people liked it so i think oh, i need to get a clip of me but yeah i was like i definitely love skiing myself yeah <laughs> and loves you, throwing down do you ever find it hard being in front of the camera and you're like damn i wish i was filming myself right now because i know exactly how i want this to be documented or do you trust whoever you're you're giving the camera to oh all the time Oh, every time I get a shot at myself, I'm like, damn. I would, but I always have to tell myself, like, like I'm a super, like, I look into stuff way too much all the time. Like, I'll watch a movie. It's, like, one of my, like, film, I always, like, my film teacher told me, like, once you go to film school, you'll never be able to watch a movie the same way ever again. And it's, like, true. Because, like, you look for, like, imperfections and stuff by, like that. But, like, yeah, it's, like, tuna. Like, there's a few people that I, don't like tuna is a kid i call uh his name's brian jones or b rye he's got mad band names but yeah he's a filmer that like out 100 like 100 he's getting the shot like log lens jones that's another one but like his name 
but yeah, he kills it. And like my brother on fish eye is like one of the go-tos because he can obviously just keep up skiing and like those two are good. But like, yeah, I always get nervous. Not even like, I always tell him too, like, I don't care if you break my camera, but like, just get this, like, just be as close as you can. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a weird process. Like, it's so weird being in front of the camera and then like even going through footage, like naming footage of myself. It's weird. Yeah. You're like Chris, <laughs> Chris clip yeah. one. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Yeah, man. So, um, so like the business side of it, cause you know, everybody growing up, they're in the park, they're filming it. They're like, Oh, I'll make a career out of this. So what's your journey with a six O studio? Like, yeah. So eight six O studio is like, I, I like to call it the more grown up version of 860 media so yeah. like that's where i like will do like my commercial work and like all my like wedding stuff and like it in the future i see myself leaning more and more towards that obviously and like doing more documentary work and stuff like that which is like super rad and like i just want to keep 860 media like skiing and like skiing related to like so the people like they don't want to see like not that people getting married isn't cool but like they don't want to see people getting married. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like, so that's why I like switch that stuff up and like try to like keep it separate. But eventually I think it's so studio is going to be like the full thing that I go for. And like, it is like right now that's, it's like my business in Connecticut. So it's what I'm going for, I guess. Yeah. And so, and you see that pattern a lot with like, with media companies that happens all the time that they start out with skiing and like the most famous example is obviously stepped where you start out with skiing and then move into more professional work. Um, but like if you were, so say you could have anything you want with a 6 studio, like what are some of these documentaries you'd be working on? Like what ideally, what do you move into with it? Oh, geez. Oh no. I want to do, I kind of want to do like some travel stuff and like, it, like I've been kind of weird thing, but I've been super into like, mountaineering documentaries lately and like there's traveling like that i think i would die personally if i did it right now because i'm not in the shape those dudes are in but like yeah i've been like really into the stuff like that and i like would love to like do something like that or like even like a travel one so i'm like i don't know eventually i'll hopefully one of my crazy friends will want to go on an adventure so are you dead set on oh i want to work for myself or have you explored working for you know, working freelance for like Vice News, for example, and like working on one of those like oh. projects. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do stuff like that. And like, I'm open to anything. Like right now, you probably know Shane McFalls, the guy. Yeah. So him and his his partner Luke during this whole thing, they they needed someone else shooting for him. So like this whole COVID situation. So I've been shooting, doing a lot of work for Shane and Luke, just like hanging out with and like shooting like the random stuff they need shot. So I'll do like an interview here and there. So like, yeah, like I could see myself, like, I don't know if those guys would want me, but like joining a crew like that, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of creative people and just like, yeah, bounced off each other. Um, That's awesome, man. Like, I think it, it really does feel like it's, you're at kind of a crossroads right now for, like it's just a lot of, you have a you have a lot of oh. different things going on right now. Yeah, I'm like an octopus kind of. That's why I always say I'm like I don't know what I'm touching a little bit of water everywhere, but Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's definitely good. And um so I posted this a couple weeks ago, but we got some viewer questions. Oh god. Yeah. And so we got some good we got some uh, a wide variety of stuff. Um some people submitted multiple um I could always tell when it's like the friends of the of the guest because the, some people just submit like just like really stupid stuff. Oh. So I I, th- I kept some of those in there. Had to discard a couple others. Um, so we'll just work through it. Sounds so, good. So Brew Baby, uh, what's your favorite A six O edit? Favorite eight six O edit. Jeez, that's hard. It might have to be my hood. And what what about that one is your favorite? Just because I think. I, if I remember back, I think it was like at, it was like old school Corinthia Duggar, just like the vibe was right. Everyone was there. Brett was there, I think. Oh, yeah. It was just sick. All right. And um, another one from Brew Baby. Who, who are your top five East Coast skiers? Oh, geez. Top five East Coast skiers at the moment. I'm definitely forgetting some. Like, jeez. So well, Brew Baby's one of them. 
Drew Baby's got to be one of them. And I'll go with, uh, see, I, I don't even know if I want to count the young guns. Do I count the young guns or count the OGs? Hey, it's up to you, man. So, like, Brew Baby, I'm going with Brew Baby, Young Snow, Andy Horblitz, uh, Chris Bent, uh, Benchler, or I'm, I'm butchering that name. Uh, and who's the last one? I'm going to be biased. I'm going to go with my brother. Nice man. That's a wholesome. <laughs> that's a wholesome moment right there. All right. Um, all right. Cyan asks a pretty specific question. Okay. So this is from the first A six O movie. Could you send the big drop in Keene, New Hampshire, with a banshee bungee? We did. Okay. It was an uphill banshee bungee. We called my roommate Ellen Purvis, and he was a wrestler, and he was the biggest dude I knew. And he pulled that Banshee Bungee back farther than I've ever seen someone pull a Banshee Bungee back. And he was an absolute beast. And so what? So what's this clip that he's talking about? It's the one, I, I'm pretty sure if he's talking about the Keen Wall, it's the one Lupe jumped over and did a 180. And I thought he was completely insane. But yeah, it was, it was a big drop. And I remember Kirk wanted to do like a backflip over it. We're like, dude, no, you're going to die. <laughs> this is young young Kirk Skull. You're like, no, we're not watching someone die on us right now because the the landing had a chair like a bench in it. So if you didn't make it to the landing, you're gonna land on this park bench, which is just straight concrete. So it wasn't like mellow, and the the in run was uphill. So like you were constantly losing speed going into it, so you never knew how far you're going. And Lupe was just so like amped up, like let's get it, baby. So, yeah, this kid, Ellen, showed up in athletic shoes. There was, like, probably a foot of snow on the ground. And he was just running back, like, freezing. Oh, he was such a beast. Yeah, and just pulled that thing back for us and just launched us. It was dope. Launched Lupe, not me. Screw that. I'm not in that. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, Griffin with another, another future question. Do you see yourself staying in the Northeast for the foreseeable future? Oh, God. So I always said I never wanted to pitch out and go out west, but like I definitely want to try it for a few years, I think. Eventually I think I definitely am. Just because it's so like it looks like a different change of pace. Yeah. Change of scenery. If the, if you, the opportunity opens. So other than um like going out to hood, have you ridden out west before? <laughs> That's what me and my brother always joke about. We're true East Coast rats. Yeah. I've never touched like powder out west. I've skied Mount Hood in, like in May and like that's it. Damn. That's the only yeah, I've never touched like Keystone, Breck. Like I would love to hit their jumps. I heard like their jump line's sick and like all their parks look so rad. Like Park City this year is killing it. And like, yeah, I just I don't know. I just we're true East Coast rats, I guess. Yeah. Is there anything like prohibiting you from going out there or is it just, you know, all the, all the traffic lights haven't been green. It just hasn't worked out yet. Uh, the only thing prohibiting me is laziness probably. And just like loving Mount snow and just the East coast like vibe. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, to go, I, it's hard to go away from something you love. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just have the funds are there, but like, it's just like something I was never like really trying to like, I was just always trying to save. So eventually I'm going to be out there. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like <laughs> there's nothing standing in your way. You just you're just choosing not to to go explore. Out there. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Um, so Ryan asked, "Are you going out to Hood this spring?" Good chance. Might be booking a house tonight, but who knows? Damn. All right. You never know. Good chance, though. Probably early May. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. Let's see some of the more obscure ones. Uh, Colby asked, "What's your go-to sandwich?" Oh, go-to sandwich. Jeez, are we going breakfast and any type of sandwich? I guess anything. Yeah, anything goes. Actually, we're going midday. Uh, PB&J on Hill. Got to go uh, crunchy peanut butter, strawberry jelly. What type of bread? Uh, white. Okay. Got White with a little flour. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Garrett asks, what's your stance on fences? Oh, jeez. Garrett Colby. Another 860 media guy who's a true OG. Or not a true OG, but he like came later in the crew. But yeah, he now works on Park Crew and he hates fences as much as I do. Yeah. And I hate them, Garrett. 
Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fetty Wobb asks, uh, what mode of transportation would a, would a screen door best suit? Oh, geez. This is a good one. <laughs> yeah, I do not know what that means. It's flex seal. It's a boat. Okay. You flex seal it from the commercial. Rob is... How did I how did I get that? <laughs> That's pretty good. And he also asks, uh, who is the red bearded beauty and is he single? That's definitely not him. Rob Newman. He is not single. Single. <laughs> um let's see. Okay, Big Garth. Uh he says, ask about the coffee naps. What's up with the coffee naps? Oh geez. That's a legendary thing of mine. So like after right after skiing if i'm feeling gat like real tired like just gassed out from the day i'll just drink a goth like coffee or two and just go to bed which is like a really bizarre thing people are like i don't know how you do it but then i wake up and feel energized around like eight o'clock at night which is so weird when everyone gets tired i'm just up yeah yeah and he yeah bigger he's the filmer brian that was talking about brian johnson yeah he was great like he just sees me, he'll see me wake up out of these out of these naps and just be like, dude, what the hell is going on? Go to sleep. <laughs> um, he also said uh, to ask about your acid wash kit. So what's up with that? Oh, geez. So we used to sell 860 media gear with a bunch of like acid wash stuff. Like we had like bleach and I would always do it in the same clothes. And all the bleach came on this at like came on my clothes, and now it's just completely tie dyed, and I look like an absolute. I look like a cheetah in this thing. Yeah. And I white. I wear it around the house sometimes in Vermont. If I'm like just really like slouching, and he just brags on me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last one from Big Garth is, uh, why does the camera have tape and an elastic band on it? That is because he totaled the camera first day we were at Mount Hood. We went out to Hood, had an HVX. He was filming Fisheye and this girl. I don't, technically, I don't blame him, but this girl stopped at the bottom of the rail and like he annihilated her more, but like he didn't hit her. He like moved his, so only his arm hit. And I came down and he was looking uphill and my camera was face down in the woods. And I just picked it up and the screen was hanging off. But yeah, so that that's it's uh it's hanging up at home now, and it still works on, but just has no screen. And yeah, the battery you got to hold the battery in with your thumb or put an elastic band on it to hold it in. But it it will still rip, get you a good clip. Yeah. Um. So Jackson asks, what was the the peak of A6O Media? When do you feel like you guys were most like at your stride? Oh, obviously, like when everyone was still around, Duggar lupe like back in the like when we were still in college when like all the ogs were still like popping up on the weekends just absolutely killing paul pill pish in like that was the the true era oh yeah for for sure then that's the era that i knew before any before any of the the new the new versions of a6o were around yeah now now it's just like like i always say it's just me and my brother just like and everyone else just like keeping shit alive and just having fun with it yeah for sure because for now we're the funniest thing, all the new kids are like, like Garrett Colby and like, like yeah, it's like Garrett Colby, Rob Newton, and like all like Ian Ackerman. Like we all just like are still from Connecticut. Like San Marino. Like it's funny. Like that. Like they weren't like they didn't like really know all those original dudes, but like they still were from the Atlantic Zone. Like grew up watching it, so it's like funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jake's wondering when can we buy hoodies. See, everyone's asking this, and I was wondering if I probably should do an order. Yeah. So maybe, maybe in the next month or so, I'll do an order. I'll have to send you one for sure, dude. Yeah, that'd be really tight. I've always, you know, I've always had an eye on. I had an eye on A six O Media Gear before I even had any money to buy it. Like I would have had to ask my mom for some money to buy some A six. So yeah, I mean, if you guys release some, I think that uh, I think that the true the true guys would definitely buy some. Um. All right. Uh, okay. Gray knows the truth. Thoughts on the Corona season? Ah, uh, Corona season. Well, you can't. Thoughts on it. it sucks. Like, no one likes it. 
Corona sucks, obviously. It's a it's a terrible thing. People who don't think it's real get a life. It's real. Wear a damn mask. Like, let's be real here. But yeah, like it just sucks how well it's great how we still had a ski industry, like ski year. And it just sucks how people think that the year since this year sucks, everything sucks. Like it's gonna come back. Every yeah. mountain, I'm pretty sure every mountain is afraid that they're gonna get shut down. So they didn't blow that much snow. So it's like, yeah, it's like it was a super bummer. But like you have to take caution. Like it's gonna turn out good eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to wait it out, wait out the storm. <laughs> yeah. What's the so is there anything that would like would usually go on at Corinthia that you that you're missing this season that you're like, damn, like I really wish we could be doing this event yeah. this season or, or yes. anything like that. So we have the Corinthia Classic, it's a rail jam. We usually always do. Uh, the past few years, we've been doing this thing with uh, Snowboy, Ash, and Steel. But I don't know if that would still be happening with new management and everything. But, yeah, so we just did uh, – we just, like, kind of miss out on, like, doing some events like that. Like, having more of a – like, the like core crowd and, like, seeing some shit, like, stuff thrown down. Like, Yeah. Damn. Um, and this is – so this is kind of just question based off that. This wasn't a viewer question, but – for for outsiders that don't know about it, could you describe the event that happens in the Powerline Trail in Corinthia? Uh, I don't want to butcher the name. It's like the Thumbulator or whatever the hell you guys yeah, call it. The Thumbulator. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the, going on with that? So the Thumbulator is like an event that happens. I don't. I can't give it out because it's like a, it happens every year in the yeah, spring. I know. I know a little bit, little bits and pieces, but we'll leave it mysterious. Yeah, I'm not to give you the date or anything, but yeah, yeah. it's like uh, not even dug by the like park or anything. It's just like a bunch of locals just dig it, and it's just one kicker just in the back. If you actually scroll back, either I forget, it's either on my Instagram or the Hate Six O Media one, if you scroll back, you'll see a little edit of it. But yeah, it's just like an event that like everyone like goes celebrates a year and just like goes hucks themselves off this little jump that's like not big to a flat landing. And it's sick. I've personally never hit it. I've always just been there, just like chilling, just like taking photos and videos and stuff, like and enjoying the day. But like, yeah, it, it gets rowdy for sure. Yeah. And on that day, are people, are you just seeing people pour into the woods? Like if you're just yeah, riding around, so do you know what's going on? It doesn't happen until four. Okay. So the mountain is, so it happens after it's kind of like a shush shush event. Yeah. So like at yeah after four, everyone kind of gathers there. Like three thirty, people will start gathering, yeah. and then just like yeah, everyone really piles in. And then like since it's in the woods and like where people can't see you, like people don't like sweep. Like yeah, you can just chill up there until the end. You just have to be careful coming down, obviously, because the snowcats are out. Yeah, that that honestly, that's one of the gnarliest traditions on the East Coast that I feel like doesn't. Because it's so secret, it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. But that event is just – it's like that is such a core event right there. It's just really for the love of, like, being rowdy. Yeah, it's so dope. Like, I don't I don't even know, like, the true origins, but I'm pretty sure it's something with the dude's last name, Thumb. And, like, yeah. the, the two trophies are sick. Like, they're just two thumbs. There's a girl one, guy one. And you get to keep it for the full year, and you bring it back next year. Oh, that's so sick. That is so sick. Um, all right, moving on to the next viewer question and one of the last. So Eric asks, what are your thoughts on the Mount Snow Vale merger? And what changes have you kind of seen with that? So the Mount Snow Vale merger, everyone will tell you Mount Snow sucks now, but it's the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, we got – so we have to realize, like, we lost a lot of guys because they – parks uh, – Woodward or Park City kind of stole a bunch of our guys. They had, like – a sick opportunity there mount snow also didn't do anything in the summer so they couldn't really stick around they didn't have really jobs like co like with COVID and everything like they had to figure something out to live their living situations but yeah with the whole change like there's just more rules with fencing like that's why garrett said that with the fencing too it's uh yeah there's just like we put up fences all the time like in the morning like they just have to have fence off but like other than that, nothing major. We can't do like a few of the features. We can't put as like high up 
and we can't put like in the transitions we can't like basically we can't put features like where a bunch of trails merge which is like kind of understandable because that's where most of our injuries would happen so we're like okay so we maybe should have changed this before but okay but like yeah like this year has been a little weird with all the snow and stuff so we've had to like kind of like conserve our snow as much as possible and put in like features like here and there but other than that like it's going to be it's going to become back like it's a rough season great season for snow but like for blowing snow like we just didn't have didn't want to give us the the full capacity as they usually do yeah so and so that's coming down from from veil corporate saying you have to do this this and this with your park uh i don't know it's just like more of like a whole generate like the whole thing like train parks are now like getting more recognition like recognition throughout the industry so like there's more just overall rules like safety rules yeah which makes sense like you don't want people going like 80 miles an hour into a park yeah like <laughs> yeah it, like if you even if you go like the woodward they got those big nice gates like we just need like next year we're like all right we need to figure out something with these fences i uh, will hope hopefully we'll get some nice archways um all right and so the last question and this is just kind of to round everything out so what are your what's your tip for a kid you know in high school coming out of high school that wants to make a career either in skiing or with film in general have fun with it don't take it too serious because that's when you just start losing it like yeah it's all about just like live your life like things will happen if you make like good choices don't like don't be also don't be a jerk to like the older generation i learned some serious lessons back that just like just be cool with it and like go with the flow like just live life you'll you'll work your things out and if you have a dream go for it why not like if you want to film and not make a million dollars a year like me just do it you'll figure it out hell yeah man well that's all the questions that we have is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here not really other than just, i don't know hope everyone's getting out there this year as much as they can with corona going on for sure and where can people find you they could find me at Corinthia basically every single day until they close at this point. We'll there figure we that it's a meltdown, but I'll be there. All right. Hell yeah, man. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Switch on your electric light That we can get down To what is really wrong I long to hold you tight So I can feel you Sweet lady of the night I shine Get down to what is really wrong.
got soul. 